0: Hello and welcome to Freedom Church in the home. I hope you're sitting comfortably. Uh, I want to extend a massively warm welcome to you, especially if you're logging into us for the first time. Maybe you don't normally join us on a Sunday morning and this is your first time with us. You are so welcome. Um, I've been thinking about moments in life that are just so significant that they're life changing and they just stay with us. You know these moments, moments you're just never going to forget. Moments where you know exactly where you were and what you were doing at that point in time. I think moments that just feel so tangible and unforgettable. And for me, in my lifetime, some of those things that I can think of like that are things like the fall of the Berlin Wall, uh, the death of Princess Diana, 9-11, the tsunami that hit in 2004, the financial crash, and Liverpool beating Barcelona 4-0 in the second leg of the Champions League last year. And I'm sure for many of you, you'll have your own memories of some of these significant events. Uh, but I wanted to just tell you a personal story of a memory for me that I will never forget. And this happened 11 years ago. And I was in Leeds and I was about to have chemotherapy uh, in a hospital there. And I was given a long list by the doctors of all of the side effects uh, of what I might, might happen to me as I went through this chemotherapy. And I started the first treatment which was 18 hours long and I had 18 hour sessions, five days on the trot. And my wife sat with me as we started this first session and I got two hours in and I felt absolutely fine, no side effects whatsoever. And so I sent her home to say, listen, go back, be with our daughter. Um, And it was a few hours later that I started to encounter some of these symptoms. And I remember my skin started to burn terribly and my skin just started to peel off off my body. It was agonizing. I remember a lot of sickness uh, that happened at that point and I also remember this headache that I had that was honestly the worst headache that I can ever remember having. And I remember calling my wife and saying, listen, I really need you here. Uh, I'm not coping at all uh, with what's going on. And I had these uh, rigors that was going through my body and so my body was shaking off the bed. And... I'd gone to the nurses and said, listen, I really need something for this head. this It feels like my, my head's going to explode. And they said, listen, we can't give you anything stronger than paracetamol because we need to see what your body's doing at this point in time. And I remember lying there in this agony, in this pain and having this panic and this fear. Uh, I'm wondering at that point in time, am I going to make it through this? Uh, do I have enough perseverance to get through this? Are the doctors skilled enough uh, to get me through this and to keep me alive? And you know there was a sense there in this room of being very alone. Um, What happens in this scenario is that you are being being told you've got to stay in this room for three weeks because your immune system drops to zero. And um, there were points that were very dark even to the point, I would say, where I'm asking, Lord, where are you in my pain? Where are you in my fear and in my suffering? I want to say my last memory of that night, though, fortunately, was of my wife sitting next to me, reading the Psalms and praying over me before I must have fallen asleep. And I want to say today we're looking at a story, uh, which was obviously very, very memorable for the disciples, as it's told in three of the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark and Luke, Uh, and it's about Jesus In a boat, calming a storm. So, we're going to read that if you want to turn with me to Matthew 8, and it's verse 23. And it says, Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, You of little faith why are you so afraid? Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now the storm the disciples experienced I think is a good way of describing maybe the current state on planet earth. Okay? A storm that has come very suddenly and quickly and planet earth honestly is in panic mode. And I want to look at very quickly at six things that I think we can learn from this story that I think are going to help us to be a people of faith and not of fear uh, to the world around us. But I wanted to start by just thinking about this term faith because it's really important. And it's a, it's a vast subject that I could preach for weeks and weeks and weeks on and still only touch the surface. Uh, and so when Jesus rebukes the disciples for their lack of faith, what are we talking about here? Well, in another book of the Bible, Hebrews 11, uh, Hebrews 11, verse one, it says this. Now, faith is the confidence that we hope for and the assurance of things that we do not see. And so faith is about hope and an assurance of things to come that we cannot yet see, which, to be honest, sounds ridiculous in the world's eyes because they live by that mantra of seeing is believing. And yet, biblically, We actually live with the opposite mantra, believing is seeing. And I know my wife and I went on safari 10 years ago to South Africa, and we saw many animals. But one of the most beautiful ones that we saw was an impala. And the amazing thing about an impala is that it it can jump incredibly high. It can actually jump three metres high or 10 feet. And yet you can fence impalas in with fences that are just three foot high. And the reason for this is because impalas will only jump three feet at uh, 10 feet high when they can see where they're going to land so if they can't see over the fence that fences them in they won't dare jump over it and so they are clearly a creature that simply jumps by sight alone and i want to say biblically we're encouraged to live uh, not by sight but by faith and this isn't sort of pretending as, as hard as you can for something to be real when it's not and it's like a fairy tale. This is actually about an assurance that we have of firstly who God is and what he's done for us. It's about having a confidence in believing what God has promised to us that we cannot yet see. So firstly, I wanna say we're all gonna face storms in life. The first thing to notice from this passage is simply that the disciples followed him. That's what we're told. Uh, We see that following Jesus, doesn't make us immune to storms they were actually doing what they're supposed to do they were obeying the very call of Jesus and yet they're still walking into a storm and I think the temptation is sometimes to look at people and say oh dear there's something not right in their life with their relationship with God because they're going through a really hard time Uh, I think in the world they might look at it and say well this is karma you know actually what their experience is now is because of the way they behaved here and I want to say I'm not saying that all storms, therefore, mean we're not obeying God's or we are. Because when we see Jonah in the Old Testament, we see a man who was running from God's calling on his life. And God sent a storm to stop him from running. But I want to say, firstly, that the disciples followed and being in a storm does not mean there is something wrong with our relationship with Jesus. Actually, he says that we will experience all kinds of suffering and storms in our life. Okay. secondly, I want to say Jesus, he's not afraid. Do you notice when the disciples woke Jesus up, he didn't start panicking in the boat thinking, oh, no, there's a huge storm around me. He didn't actually choose to immediately stop the storm either. He was more concerned with the reaction um of the disciples than this furious storm and he addresses them first and deals with the storm after he says you have little faith why are you so afraid i want to say when we're talking about the coronavirus here this isn't something that's come out of the blue for him jesus isn't panicking now wondering what plans he now has to put in place to manage this storm what's he going to do by the fact that his church cannot meet in a building he knows his authority and he's told his disciples, uh, we're going to get to the other side of this lake. And he has total faith and trust that this storm is not going to stop them from reaching their destination. Thirdly, I want to say he is trustworthy. Do you know within that group of disciples, there were some very experienced fishermen. They would have been very confident in how to navigate boat. They would have been probably the least fearful people in the face of choppy waves on those waters. They would have perfectly understood the structure of this boat and how the sails would work and what sort of weathers it would be able to entail. And yet there was something that happened in the midst of this storm that was so terrifying. It was like they seemed out of control. And where we think they might have put their confidence in their own abilities or in the boats, they recognised something. They recognised this storm was so vast, so severe, that it would have destroyed them. And here we are in the storm of COVID-19. And it does really feel a little bit like we're out of control. We don't have a grip on this virus. And um, I think there's things to learn here about what we put our trust in, okay? And what we cannot put our trust in. And you know, even as we look at government actions and legislations, they're precarious, okay? We see the financial markets crashing to the floor around us and they're useless as putting our trust in finances. As good as our health system is, actually, as far as saving everybody, we know that it's not gonna be manageable. We know there have been many deaths that have come. And it's an excellent healthcare system and I love the fact that our health workers are working incredibly hard And for me personally, I've benefited so much of our NHS and yet I can't put my entire trust and faith in the NHS to save me. And even our communities, I've been amazed as we've seen just the vast numbers of volunteers uh, come forward to say we want to serve the community in this way. And yet we also see other elements of community disobeying, seeming to be very blase about the dangers, one to themselves and secondly to others. I want to say the one good thing that happened in this boat that the disciples' helplessness and fear did was actually to turn them back to Jesus. They went to the only one who could help them in this time. And storms have a way of taking us back to Jesus. And I want to say we must remind ourselves that Jesus is in the boat with us, isn't he? And um, he's promised he will never leave us. And for many of us right, right now, We're in our homes as we should be. But I want to say Jesus has come into our homes. He's come into our lives. And now he dwells in us through the power of his Holy Spirit. He's described as Emmanuel, God with us. And I want to say no matter how scared you are at this point in time, no matter what you're facing, and for some of you, do you know, that might be the grief of a loved one. That might be economic ruin. Um, I want to say Jesus is with you. He will not leave you no matter what you're facing, okay? Fourthly, I want to say he loves you. The disciples end up blaming Jesus in Mark's account. They say, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And you know, despite seeing Jesus heal with the utmost compassion and care and teach profound mysteries, they are still unsure about his care for them. Despite Jesus hanging with these guys for three years and giving all of his time and his heart to these guys, they're questioning whether he really loves them. And, you know, fear can do that. Fear, I think, creates a form of spiritual amnesia and we seem to forget all the things that we've seen God do and promise us. I don't know if you've experienced that in this time, but I want to say the truth is that he really does care for them. And, you know, he wakes up immediately in their cry in the midst of this storm. And, you know, when my children were younger and they used to wake up in the middle of the night, now more aptly it's our puppy who wakes up in the night crying. If I'm honest, I'm totally oblivious. I don't hear a thing that happens, but my wife will wait wait to the smallest sound that goes on. It's like she's tuned into their voices, uh, even when she's in a deep sleep. And I find it funny here that Jesus could sleep through this howling storm, uh, the thunder and the waves crashing against the boats. And yet when the disciples speak, he awakes. And um, it's like he's tuned in to their voices. And I want to say he does love us, okay, just as he loves the disciples. He loves us with an everlasting love. uh, So much so that he chose to lay down his life for you and I at the cross. And I want to say to you, if it was just you right now, I can tell you he would do it again and again because he loves you and he wants you to know and be assured of his love for you. And he is attentive to your prayers. He's attentive to your voice and your call. And so at this time right now, whilst we're in our homes, what can we do? We can call on him. Fifthly, I want to say he really is all powerful. Fear, as I mentioned, can lead us into this spiritual amnesia. Uh, and the disciples have just witnessed these amazing miracles throughout all of the three Gospels. But in Matthew's here, they've just witnessed a leper being healed. They've witnessed a the Roman centurion's servant being healed from afar. And in verse 16 of chapter 8, it says this, When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word, and he healed all of the sick. He healed many. He healed all of the sick that came to him. And yet, in the panic, they forgot so quickly. Despite seeing him do the absolute miraculous, they felt maybe that this storm was just a little bridge too far for Jesus. But I want to say this, I want to say, as we look at it, we see the wind versus Jesus and we see the wind died. The sea versus Jesus and we see the waves come. Sickness versus Jesus, and we see his power to heal all. Demons versus Jesus, and we see the demons flee. And death versus Jesus. Do you know, we know more now than the disciples did at this point. We know that Jesus defeated death and he rose to life. We know he's taken all of our shame and our brokenness away. And for us as Freedom Church, we have seen many miraculous stories amongst us. And we continue to see God's power at work through us. OK, and I think it's so important at this time that we keep reminding each other of these moments of when God's power has been at work, reminding them of the, pa- the power of the God that we serve. And finally, number six, I want to say the disciples hadn't fully understood who Jesus was. And so they say this, who is this man? You know, these men had been called by Jesus. They'd left everything in their lives to follow him. They'd seen him heal lepers. They'd heard him teach like no one they'd ever heard before. And yet they still hadn't truly come to grips with his true identity. And they ended up asking themselves, who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? And if the disciples thought that the boat might sink with Jesus aboard, it was because they didn't actually understand his true Identity, his power over over the sea, his power over all things, and it's in this moment that the disciples came to ask that really important question: Who is this man? And I think we, as a church, need to ask during the storms of life: Do we really believe that Jesus is who he claimed to be? Now, I remember watching, as I mentioned earlier, the Barcelona versus Liverpool match in the second leg. Um, at Anfield. And it was in this living room right here with my whole family watching. And I have to be honest, I didn't have much hope for this game. In fact, I was off playing football in the first half and I arrived back in the second half, but we won nil up. And we started watching this match and we scored the second goal and suddenly we we're all on the edge of our seats. And the anxiety in the room was actually getting more intense as we got closer to this possibility that we were going to win. and. It was an amazing result. You know, the end result, we won 4-0. We went through to win the Champions League. It was marvellous. Uh, and the next day, it was such a good, good game. I thought, oh, I want to watch this again. And it still had the amazing result at the end. It was still that amazing joy of knowing we'd beaten Barcelona 4-0. But that anxiety that had been there in the room, that fear of, are we going to do this? Wasn't there any longer. Because I'd already seen the result. I already knew what was going to happen. I had that confidence of the outcome. And I want to say this, we're all going to face storms in our lives. And we're facing currently this virus storm at present. But the ultimate storm in our lives is going to be the storm of death and judgment on the life that we have lived. And we know this storm is going to come to all of us. But I want to say there's one who's already faced this storm already. There was one who has been crucified called Jesus, who faced the most painful, humiliating death. He actually had the full anger and wrath of God poured on him. He went through the biggest storm of all time and he rose again, not only defeating death, but having paid the price for our rebellion once and for all time. And I want to say that as we are isolated in our homes during this period of uncertainty I believe that God wants to remind us that he has given us his spirit of power and not of fear he truly is God with us he's Emmanuel he's listening intently acutely to our prayers to the prayers of all the saints to the believers around the world and I want to say he is so willing to act with tremendous power not because of how we pray Or how many times we pray but simply because he loves us and so i want to encourage us as freedom church to be a people coming and facing this storm with faith and not fear to be a people coming expecting god to act in power as we bring our request to him but if you're listening for the first time and you don't know this jesus we want to encourage you to get in touch with us online we would love to share more about who jesus is we'd love to be able to pray with you and ask for his peace that transcends all understanding to come on you in your lives right now let me just finish by praying lord we just thank you that you are with us that we can trust you in all circumstances we thank you that um you have secured for us an eternal hope an eternal future in heaven with you and i just want to pray right now we pray For our health services, we pray for our governments, we pray uh, for our communities, Lord God, that you uh, would stop this virus, that you would give us such wisdom to know how to deal with it. And uh, I just want to pray for your peace on all people, Lord, where there's anxiety, where there's fear, where people are ill, I want to pray, come with power and heal. Come and do the miraculous in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Folks, can I encourage you uh, to... um, to keep digging into his words, to keep enjoying him. Have a great time. God bless you. Amen.